0: Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about pericarditis. And you can find written notes on this topic at slash pericarditis or in the cardiology section of the second edition of the Zero to Finals Medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Pericarditis is inflammation of the pericardium. Which is the membrane that surrounds the heart. The most common causes are idiopathic, meaning there's no underlying cause, and viruses. It presents with chest pain and fever and it's treated with nonsteroidal anti inflammatory drugs. Let's start with some pathophysiology. The membrane that surrounds the heart is called the pericardium or the pericardial sac. It has two layers with a small amount of fluid in between the layers, less than 50 milliliters, which provides lubrication for the movement of the heart. These layers separate the heart from the rest of the contents of the mediastinum. Lubrication between the two layers allows the heart to beat without generating too much friction. There is a potential space between the two layers of the pericardium, which is called the pericardial cavity. The two layers usually touch each other, which is why it's only a potential space. Pericarditis refers to inflammation of the pericardium. There are many potential underlying causes for this inflammation, including idiopathic, meaning there's no underlying cause, infections such as tuberculosis, HIV, Coxsackie virus, Epstein-Barr virus and other viruses, Autoimmune and inflammatory conditions such as systemic lupus erythematosus and rheumatoid arthritis. Injury to the pericardium, for example after a myocardial infarction or a heart attack, open heart surgery or trauma. Uremia, meaning a very high urea level secondary to renal impairment. Cancer and medications, for example methotrexate. A pericardial effusion is when the potential space in the pericardial cavity fills with fluid. This creates an inward pressure on the heart, making it more difficult for the heart to expand during diastole, which is when the heart fills with blood. A pericardial tamponade, also known as a cardiac tamponade, is where the pericardial effusion is large enough to raise the intrapericardial pressure. This increased pressure squeezes the heart and affects its ability to function. It reduces the heart filling during diastole, decreasing the cardiac output during systolic contraction. And this is an emergency and requires prompt drainage of the pericardial effusion to relieve the pressure. Let's talk about the presentation. Two key presenting features should make you think of pericarditis, chest pain and a low-grade fever. The chest pain is typically sharp, anterior or central in the chest, worse on inspiration which is described as pleuritic, worse on lying down and better on sitting forward. A pericardial friction rub on auscultation of the chest is a key examination finding. A pericardial rub is a rubbing scratching sound that occurs alongside the heart sounds. Let's talk about the investigations. Blood tests show raised inflammatory markers such as white blood cells, CRP, and ESR. ECG changes include saddle shaped ST elevation and PR depression. An echocardiogram can be used to diagnose a pericardial effusion if there's fluid in the pericardial cavity associated with the inflammation. Finally, let's talk about management. Management involves non steroidal anti inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs, which are the mainstay of treatment, for example, aspirin or ibuprofen, and colchicine, which may be taken longer term, for example, for three months, to reduce the risk of recurrence. Steroids may be used second line in recurrent cases or when it's associated with an inflammatory condition, for example, rheumatoid arthritis. Underlying causes such as tuberculosis or renal failure should also be appropriately treated. Pericardiocentesis may be required to remove fluid from around the heart if there's a significant pericardial effusion or a tamponade. Most cases of pericarditis resolve within a month. It can be recurrent, returning after it's previously resolved. Some cases may persist long-term and this is called chronic pericarditis. So thanks for listening to this episode on pericarditis. I hope you found it helpful. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast and I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about acute left ventricular failure.